This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. Welcome to the Nakuda podcast for the double parsha in Chutzla Oretz of Chukas and Bolak. We're here in Eretz Yisrael. We're only learning Bolak, and that allows us to synchronize between the two Eretz Yisrael and Chutzla Oretz in terms of the level built. From now on, we'll be learning the same parsha. At any rate, um, what's interesting is that these two parshas contain between them. Um, <clears throat> three episodes which deal with the very uh, fundamental and important topic of dibur, speech. Uh, as we know, you know, the four classifications of uh, matter, basically, of creations are doimim, tzomeach, chai, and medaber. So as man is defined, is his defining quality is the fact that he has the, the ability to speak, dibur. And dibur is a, is a very, very high um, source uh, from the Shem Havaya itself. We're told that um, the uh, Shem Havaya Yud Kei Vov Kei, the Vov and the Kei, are uh, corresponding to the Midas of Tiferes and Malchus, Tiferes being Mashpia, giving, and Malchus being uh, Mechabal, receiving. Uh, at any rate, the Dibri is broken up actually into two components. One is coal, and one is Dibri. So the coal is simply the the sound of the voice itself. We talked about the coal shoifar, simply a sound without uh, a specific meaning uh, attached to it. And Dibber has uh, both qualities, the, uh, the coal being simply the sound, as, oppo- and as opposed to the, um, the Dibber being referring to the words. This, uh, the coal uh, occurs in the, in the throat, which is actually uh, the tzira, the, the shape or the design of the vov, which is a long, straight thing, which is like a windpipe, you know, where that, that the, the, uh, from which the uh, speech derives, and the uh, dibber is in the mouth, which is the uh, actually place where the formation of the words happens. But you have to have both. You can't have uh, simply forming the words without the coal coming through it to give it sound, and you can't have the uh, sound without the words. Otherwise, you know, I mean, that can mean something, but it's not uh, going to be able to... Um, transmit information. So that's really the point, is on the one hand, the coal is giving it um, the ability to transform, to, to, to communicate from one person to another because there's sound involved. There was a sound uh, on the, the uh, speaker's end is what transmits the information, and then on the listeners and the ears uh, reinterpret that sound into 
into something meaningful, into information. Whereas the the speech end of it from the mouth, forming words out of that sound, is something which um, then uh, is putting content onto that sound. It was the the communication itself is can be valuable. I mean, you know, we, singing does not necessarily involve words, uh, and it still communicates emotion. Um, but it doesn't actually transmit information. And uh, the words can be, uh, can be written, but in terms of uh, the communication through sound, uh, that can only be accomplished through speech. So what are the three uh, episodes we're talking about? One episode is in Parshas Chikas with the mitzvah, Hashem gives the, the commandment to Moshe Rabbeinu to speak to the rock. So that's talking about Dibber. He's actually speaking to a rock. Uh, how the rock hears is another question. But uh, the important thing here is that he was speaking to the rock and that was supposed to uh, get across a message to Klal Yisrael who can hear and understand what Moshe Rabbeinu was supposed to be saying. Uh, and, and draw a conclusion from that. And it can actually kind of uh, simply draw a conclusion from the fact that he's speaking to the rock and the rock is responding and giving forth water, which is what was supposed to happen. And the fact that it didn't happen uh, was a big uh, or it was certainly at least was not taking advantage of the potential for a Kiddush Hashem on a particular level, which we'll discuss in a minute. Um, so the whole thing kind of fell through. Not only that, he brought with him, the, the Hashem told him to bring with him the staff, the makhel, and uh, with that he ended up hitting the rock, which was not what, she, what, what, he, what he was instructed to do in this case. And um, whatever, ended up uh, with Xera not being able to go into its role. So that's one story. The second story that we have is the story of um, the talking donkey, where this is a situation where the donkey... Well, over there, we had a situation where the rock, which is a uh, doimim, which is generally not able to respond to speech, actually was intended to be to, to respond to speech. It was, uh, there was a situation of talking to an object which one would not normally talk to. Um, here we have a situation where the speaker him itself is a donkey, which normally doesn't speak. Uh, and we also have a makel involved in this case that uh, Bullock is hitting the uh, the donkey uh, when he is not able to understand the spirit. He's not not able to understand why the donkey is behaving as it is before the donkey. Uh, explains itself, and then Bullock can understand what he's talking about, and then he, he stops hitting it. But in any case, that's also uh, the, the, the staff involved. And the third situation where, is where um, Billam uh, himself, I say Bullock before, anyway, Billam, Billam uh, himself is uh, faced with a situation where he has to speak in terms of uh, the in- intention to uh, to give you know curse the Eden, and instead against his will, Hashem says he's going to put words in his mouth, and now he's going to uh, talk with words that he is not intending to say. So there's another um, 
there's another uh, breakdown in the connection between his intention to say something and his ability to say it. And other words came out of his mouth. So um, this is uh, another aspect of a disconnect going on in the uh, normal uh, connection in order to bring forth Dibber, which involves not only the physical Dibber itself, but the Makshava and the Dibber, that the, that the uh, thought and you know, the mind has to be involved in the process as well. Otherwise, you're either speaking things that don't make sense or else you're speaking something that you never intended to say. So all of these uh, uh, episodes highlight a different aspect of the, uh, the quality of Dipper. And obviously we have to you know, think about these things, the very fact that they're juxtaposed, juxtaposed like this is also significant and uh, gives us an, an, an opportunity to explore the whole question of what is the relationship between, what, what is, what is the, the uh, advantage of Dibber all about and what is, um, what is the relationship between Dibber and Kavana. In other words, what we're intending to say when we say it, how we say it, and uh, whether it is in what what is in relationship to our desire um, and our willingness to speak, and what that all means. So we will hopefully try to address these uh, this this issue. So let's talk about the individual <clears throat> episodes. First one being the um, you know what we learn from each of them. The first one being the uh, episode with uh, Moshe Bena and the rock. Um, so when we're talking about um, speech as a form of communication, so the very fact that we choose speech itself as a mode of communication says something. In other words, there's a kind of idea of, you know, you have to have who to talk to. There has to be somebody on the receiving end. There has to be something that you feel that you can accomplish by talking. And talking is really a relatively um, uh, idle, as they would say, relatively uh, uh, delicate or, or sophisticated uh, form of communication. I mean, of course, you can scream, you can, you know, you can talk loudly, and that's part of the problem here is that what happened was that because of a certain level of frustration um, or whatever, uh, you know, the pressure aspect of the situation itself, Moishe Rabbeinu actually kind of screamed at Klalisrul. Instead of talking to the rock, you know, nicely as he was was intended so that he could get, um, show the Yidin that, you know, you can talk to somebody nicely or even a rock, and and you know the the rock has a uh, in, inherent desire to serve Hashem, so rather than having to scream at somebody, this is actually the um, the uh, Kedushas Levi brings this out that there's an idea of you know two different types of um, of people who give musr. Uh, there's those that you know uh, talk very encouragingly and uh, give a lot of love and appreciation and show, you know, try to, to get the Eden to, to understand how 
how great they are and how, you know, Hashem loves them so much and that's why they should be doing the right thing and, you know, why why give Hashem pain and aggravation by not following his rutzen, you know. So that's one way of approaching people. And the other way is by telling them how how bad they are and, you know, they really have to do tshuva and uh, they're really not doing the right thing um, and getting, you know, emphasizing the negative um, and getting down on them. So that is considered to be something which, um, you know, a form of communication that, that uh, we want to try to avoid. It's not a kiddush Hashem for people to feel that they're being forced into something against their will. And if they uh, are already on, you know, we're all on the same page and, and they're already interested in being cooperative, then you really don't have to speak, um, you know, very uh, forcefully to them at all. So not only did Moshe Rabbeinu not speak uh, calmly and uh, and nicely to the rock to show that, you know, we can get cooperation even from a rock by speaking to it, you know, softly. Uh, instead, he actually... Uh, spoke very harshly to the Eden. So that itself is is a big aspect of of uh, the power of speech itself. Speech can be used uh, in... It, it, we have a choice of how to use speech, depending on how we go about it and how we modulate our voice, how we, you know, the tone and the types of words we use and the, the, the attitude that we have... All these things come through in our speech and have a lot to do with whether we get results or not. And uh, Levi is saying that here that the reason why the the um, uh, the rock had to be had to be uh, hit eventually was because of the fact that Moshe, that Moshe Benin was using this kind of a negative approach as opposed to the um, you know the, the way that Hashem wanted him to to approach it. Um, and that's why he didn't get the results from the rock that he wanted to, and uh, ended up resorting um, to, to to hitting it, which is obviously you only hit something if you can't get it to out- cooperate any other way. So that's one um, one thing that we can learn from that uh, episode. Um, then, if we go on to the next episode, which is uh, the the animal, the, the uh, the donkey um, being hit a few times until until finally the donkey itself has to speak, which is a rather unorthodox, you know, thing that we uh, that that has to do with speech. But what what is involved there? What what were we trying to? What was Hashem showing us with that? Um, what it's showing is is that I mean, not beyond the idea that animals have feelings too. The idea that we have to resort to physical punishment uh, is really uh, an indication of a failure of communication. In other words, uh, very often we think that children, for example, have to be disciplined physically because you can't talk to them, you can't communicate with them through speech. Or there's also an, another aspect here is the idea of don the kafschis. In other words, assume that if a, even if you are not... If, if, let's say, the person who's doing something is not communicating to you the reason why they're doing it, but they're doing something, you know, strange, out of the ordinary, whatever, give them the benefit of the doubt and and assume that there is indeed a reason behind what they're doing. Now, in this case, it was talk a very difficult to, to imagine that there was a reason, and or to imagine what the reason was anyway, why the animal was behaving like this. I mean, it was, you know, really erratic. 
uh, and it was causing Bilam some pain. But on the other hand, the fact that the animal never act like this in the past meant that there probably was some kind of a reasonable explanation. And, of course, Bilam had no way of knowing what that explanation was uh, until the animal actually spoke to him and told him what was the problem. And it was simply something that was totally out of Bilam's Bilam's, uh, perception. He wasn't able to even see that that was... problem existed until finally the angel uh, revealed himself to Bilam. So there's a lack of communication very often going on when there's simply a, a, a situation going on that one cannot understand. So rather than getting frustrated and uh, starting to you know fly off the handle and giving and, and, and using you know, physical punishment, in a situation where it's there's obviously something going on that we don't understand, we have to attribute that lack of knowledge to ourselves as opposed to the one who's making the problem, and realizing that we have to find some other way of dealing with with it. I don't. I mean, other than just wait and see, kind of you know, and see if if if, uh, if Taka the the reason for this behavior reveals itself. Uh, other than that, he couldn't do very much. But in this situation, and that's talk about what happened in the end, but it made him very look very foolish of having overreacted to a situation which really was not the animal's fault at all. So uh, again, this is uh, an indication of a situation where there's a failure of communication, both in terms of his communication with, communication with the animal, the lack of communication from the animal to the human in this situation, and uh, everything really fell apart to the point where um, he, uh, the villain simply uh, was, you know, did not, did not handle the situation in the best way possible, and it was an embarrassment to him. Um, I'm, I'm, I just heard somebody tell me a word from the uh, the Bas Ayan that um, one of the reasons that that had to happen was that eventually, as the story un- unfolds, uh, Bilam has to actually speak the words that Hashem is putting in his mouth, which is something that uh, you know only a a, uh, a more um, holy individual usually is able to do. Uh, and he was, you know, the, the, the shtick novella. I mean, it was a very, very, uh, uh, you know, tumana person of a very uh, low, <laughs> a person of a very low spiritual level, to say the least. So there had to be something to prepare him for that, being able to speak the words of Hashem. And that is, uh, that was came through this, the embarrassment that he suffered at the hands of the donkey um, caused him to be purified to some extent, just by, from the embarrassment, the, the, the power of the embarrassment itself to uh, clean him out a little bit, so that he would be in a position to to uh, to speak the words of Hashem later on. But that also shows one how, uh, when we if we want to speak words of Torah, we want to speak words that have a, a greater spiritual impact. Um, that we that we have to prepare ourselves for that. The, the, you know, the power of words themselves and the the, the kedusha, the, the holiness of words, is at a very high level. We have to be on a level ourselves in order to even to speak those words. Um, okay, and then the, the other um, thing, of course, that that comes out in the end is the fact that uh, from the the fact that Hashem had to force Bilam to say words that he really didn't even want to say. Um, shows that 
again, this is, first of all, the power of Dibber that Hashem himself speaks to us and we speak, you know, the, 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 uh, uh, the leaders, you know, the Siddiquim have been, are able to speak the words of Hashem. Hashem can put actually words in their mouths to speak the, the words. They can be like a, a mouthpiece, basically, for Hashem himself. Um, the problem is here is there was this disconnect between the machshava and the dibber. So, so we talked about the idea of the coil and the dibber being the the speech, the the the, the, the voice. Um, coming from the the uh, the wind, the ruach is speaking through the person, and then being enunciated through the words from the mouth. So that's still more or less on the on the level of action of of, of a sia, or uh, at least on the on the level of dibber. There's but there's another thing is the idea of kavana, the idea of of uniting machshaba dibber and maisa, which in this case is the idea that you have to be berutzen. I mean here. Bilam wasn't even expected to say his own words that he was thinking of himself, but at least he had to be on the same page. He had to be willing to say the words of Hashem, and he was actually wanted to say exactly the opposite. So his mind, his 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 heart, his his intention was totally separate from what the words are that he was expected to express. Um, so that's the other aspect of you know the idea of, of liboy. Shuvin, it was that they, that both the words that we say and the intentions in our minds should be uh, on the same page and uh, not uh, being deceptive and by having thinking one thing and saying another. So I think these are three excellent examples of the power of speech, uh, the importance of speech in terms of as, as a, a tool for communication and a um, a. Trim- a Tremendous potential for holiness and for uh, kedusha, things that have you know made a tremendous, uh, probably the most significant impact in our lives, uh, both as Jews as human beings in general. And again, as we said, that the, the human being is characterized as being madabir. In any case, uh, we've talked a lot about loshon um, hora and all the things we're not allowed to say, but we have to know that. The way that we use our speech in general, the, the, the importance that we give it, that we don't just take it lightly and we don't uh, speak you know, haphazardly. If we use it with intention and with the intent of, of unifying uh, the thought, speech, and uh, action of, the, uh, of, of the, the act of speaking itself and take it seriously, then hopefully we'll use it in the right way and uh, use it out for the potential that it has.